Welcome back to another Kind of Funnies MCU in review rewatch. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by the big daddy himself, Greg Miller. Hello, Tim. Let's make a show that they'll remember in Valhalla. <laughs> the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. He, he pointed, he's pointing at the screen. He's all, He's presenting this really well right now. You know what? I've been half-assing it for three and a half years, but it's full ass today, boys. Ooh, we're getting that little Greg Ragnarok. How do you feel about that producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino? Oh, Fat Five right there, Tim. We're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> oh, I love, right off the bat, we're bringing in the Fat Fives. I like that. That, that shows that Nick truly is keeping it real. That's right. Yeah. What's the yeah, real, Greg, what was it, the Real World Podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah real, for those yeah. that maybe for some reason didn't watch Thor The Dark World in review rewatch, which I highly recommend to everyone, uh, what did they miss out on? Just we decided we, we invented the new keeping it real scale. Kind of funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, re- we replaced the review scale because you guys said it, w- there wasn't enough. <laughs> there wasn't enough definitive stuff in the, the review right. scale. So you can either be an mm-mm, one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's a one. one. That's not mm-hmm. keeping it real. Mm-hmm. Or a fat five because you're keeping it as real as possible. Yeah. You're a real G. <sighs> and Just if you're imagine. watching this or listening to this right now, you're a real one for sure. Okay. I'm telling you without you're a pure fat five. And I love that so much for you. Of course, this I'll is take you back to I'll take you back, Tim, to Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, June 22nd. We recorded uh, that there in re-review of Thor The Dark World at 5.14 p.m. <laughs> when work was done. Everything was over. We're at 5.14 p.m. <laughs> Nick slacks me. The reality meter is the best thing we've ever come up with. And dear Tim, just don't fucking get it. Get you it. guys don't get it. One, <laughs> that's you two. It was, how does it, it feel, terrible. Andy? It's me and you here. All right. I guess we're alone in this. Uh, <laughs> just, just a quick question for someone that hasn't seen the content and, and probably won't mm-hmm. watch the it. The reality meter uh, from kindoffunny.com recognizes the one and only Kevin the Glue Coella. Is it, is, it is it a two scale thing of like it's either one? We were going to have five. other ones, but then we got cut off by Tim and he didn't want us to do it. So it's, yeah, you can either. <laughs> You can either be one or a fat five. On so from scale. the feedback that you got, that was like, "Hey, there's not enough." Uh... <laughs> That's right, Kevin. That's right. The you people were like, like, "All right, the let's cut it down to either good or bad." Got it, yeah, right. Exactly. This is kind of funny. That's a fat five of keeping it real. <laughs> kind of funny's in review. Where each and every week we rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. If that sounds enticing to you, guess what? If you have a favorite or least favorite movie, chances are we have done all of those things to it. Uh, you can watch them on YouTube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in review, and we'll be right there for you. Uh, if you wanted to get the show ad-free and watch live as we record it, you got to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like 
Our Patreon producers, Molecule, Fargo Brady, and Gordon McGuire have done. Today we're brought to you by Athletic Greens, but I'll get to all of that later. In reviews popping off, screencast is popping off right now. If you're an entertainment fan, you should be following Kind of Funny. We got Miss Marvel weekly reviews over on the screencast side. And soon enough, we will be adding Miss Marvel to the illustrious MCU in review rankings as well. But before we do that, next week we will be doing our Thor Love and Thunder uh, in review, Ooh. which is really exciting. I cannot wait to see where that one falls on the scale. But before we get to the future, we must go back to the past. Thor Ragnarok, released on November 3rd, 2017, with a runtime of two hours and 10 minutes. Now, thinking about that release date, it's another one of those interesting ones where it's nuts how long in between iterations of franchises have been, Mm -hmm. right? Between Thor Mm -hmm. 3 and Thor 4, it's going to be like five years. And like, sure, COVID was part of that, but Doctor Strange had a similar like, wow, that's a that's a girthy, girthy spot right there. Guardians is coming up as well with that. But you were saying that's a fat five. Yeah, that's a fat five. I'm just keeping it real. Just keeping it real. I'm trying to get Uh, up with it now. All right, you know, (laughs) I won't. That was that was a mm -mm move of me for sure. Uh, Anyways, this is directed by Taika Waititi, the goat. Uh, who is also directing the upcoming Thor, Love and Thunder, and the next Star Wars movie, which is really exciting, whatever that actually happens. Uh, The music is done by Mark Mothersbaugh, who is just the homie beyond homies. Uh, If you don't know, he's the guy that did the Rugrats theme song. He's also the lead singer and producer of Devo. So if you ever heard the song Whip It, and you're like, I like that song, and then you watch Thor Ragnarok, you're like, I like that movie probably makes sense it all yeah. adds up uh this one had a budget of 180 million dollars and a box office of 854 million dollars andy i know that you love this movie i know you've rewatched this movie more than you've rewatched most of the mcu movies i think that's fair of all of us but you in particular always talk about ragnarok probably being your favorite of these what rewatch in your mind do you think this is for you and what did you think about it this is probably rewatch. I don't know, Tim. Maybe like either s- the seven, eight, maybe nine around there, based on just the, the amount of times we've done an MCU rewatch. Um, th- this movie just the, everyone. I'm still finding new things to laugh at. There's still new lines that crack me up. The old lines are still cracking me up. Um, I still really don't like the green screen in the Norway scenes. Pretty awful there. But for the most part, I think we are getting the newer look at Thor from that. We're shaping Thor from here on out, right? This is Taika's vision of it. And Thor's humor is just a fat five for me, Greg. Like, yeah. I think the hey, back. Nick, don't in- let him, don't let, well, you know what, Nick? Let's let Andy in. But Timmy's going to stay on the outside, all right? Great. Tim I think- earn it. <laughs> I think the back and forth that that uh, Chris Hemsworth has with Mark Ruffalo is just fantastic. And I love, obviously, the addition of Korg. I think Korg just immediately became a fan favorite. And um, obvi- not only just the humor, but holy shit, the, the cinematography, the photography of just, you know, we always want to pop off and show you a really cool uh, side shot of the dragon chasing Thor from that far angle. Or Thor coming down with Led Zeppelin popping off. Or even uh, Carl Urban (laughs) doing some shit. And we're going to make it look dope as hell. Um, Yeah, I think this movie just kind of hits all the notes that I want out of a an entertaining movie. Um, But yeah, again, I keep on just finding newer lines to 
really crack up at. Um, and this time it was, he's freaking gone. <laughs> when, when, the, when he says piss off goes, and piss off goes obviously always gets a laugh. But when he finally disappears, he goes, he's freaking gone. It just gets me every time. This movie is fantastic. S tier for me. The the line that got me this time was the behold my stuff and this movie just goes ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, what do you think of this one? I uh, you know it's interesting you know Andy and I don't align on many things. Uh, of course, I'm on all the right side of histories. He's on all the wrong side of histories. Uh, but this is honestly, I think the MCU movie I've watched the most as well. Like in terms of rewatching, it's it's one of those movies that I put into. Um, uh, stick with me, uh, Nick. I know you'll have my back because, of course, mm. you're a real one. You're a fat five. Uh, but Tom Hanks in Big. Whereas when mm. Big is on, when you're channel surfing, you will stop on Big and just let yeah. it play from wherever you Naturally. are. And Ragnarok's in a similar position, except that everything's on demand now. So if I need background, I'll often put Ragnarok on. Or when COVID was really kicking everybody's ass and we were all super in lockdown, uh, they were doing uh, uh, drive-in movie theaters down on the water at the bay. And when they did Ragnarok, that was the we, – Jenna and I went to a couple, but well, the bodyguard. Come on, yeah. Whitney Houston, remember? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this one, because we we both love this film so much. And so, like, jumping back into it is always jumping into such a comfortable and familiar, warm place. But then also, like, I'm with you, that there's always something new that makes me laugh in it, right? And it's always, and, you know, today, this time around, uh, watching again, right? It was, you know, the old standbys of how great Jeff Goldblum is. But just, like... <laughs> The deliveries, and we've called them out before, and I know, Nick, how much you love it, of like when Tessa Thompson touches his face and he does that thing and looks off. But then <laughs> just a couple laughs he has in there that are genuine laughs that they just left in the fucking yeah. film. Yeah. Where he ends his line and then he starts cracking up and they just leave it in there because it works for what Grandmaster should be, right? So see people go through and watch this film and always find something new to enjoy it, always be there. I still, you know, if I'm talking about a line that always cracks me up, it's when Hella is in Asgard. And she presents to everybody who she is, her entire story. And then the guy with the mace just like, I don't know who you are, or where you came from. Like, Wait, you don't know who I am. <laughs> All right, fine. And then it goes and kills everybody. Like, what a what a fucking film. It's like watching it again and listening to it again, right? Again, the use of Immigrant Song, how great it is in general. But like, I cannot wait for Love and Thunder. I've not been obviously Radio Blackout on it because it's our job, but I haven't paid close attention to a lot. So I feel like I'm in for a lot of surprises and I'm stoked about that. Nick Scarpino, what are your thoughts on Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, it's interesting thinking about rewatching this. I don't think I've rewatched the movie start to finish more than three or four times, maybe three times max. But when I fired this up to watch it again, I was like, oh, maybe someone else was watching this. I don't want to interrupt him. Then I was like, wait a minute, this is my Disney Plus. And then I looked at where I had stopped last time, and it was right after the scene with the immigrant song. And I'm like, oh, this might have been... This is top two moments of any MCU movie. It probably gets beaten out by the amount of times I've watched the Avengers Assemble moment. But this moment is so pitch perfect in this film. And it's it's made even more so still because I forgot this film has the immigrant song in it twice. Yeah. I forgot it actually has it in it twice. And I was like, oh, right. He used that at the beginning. And I was like, that's really cool. It's a good use of Led Zeppelin. And then he just was like, you know, that song's so great and so perfect. We're just going to bring it back in, this, in a third act. Um, this movie's it, it's it's unique and fun for so many different reasons, but really, it's the first time we found Thor. This is the first time I think Chris Hemsworth and a director and really, really found this character. And I think in a lot of ways, they took cues from Robert Downey Jr. in, in Iron Man. In in that, maybe Taika Waititi was like, you know what, Chris, you're kind of a goofball. Why don't you just be that? Why don't you just be the goofball? Like same way that Robert Downey Jr. is pretty much just Tony Stark. Um, they found it here, 
and and it's and it's important because I think you need that character because other Thor from the last movie was just I don't want to see him anymore. I don't want to see that character again. But this <laughs> Thor I'll watch over and over and over again until the day I die. Yeah, I mean Thor Ragnarok. Like, there's nothing more to say. It is actually a perfect mcu film like this is everything we could ask for and i think that you know rewatching this this is definitely one of my most rewatched i was shocked we were thinking about it like this is gia's fifth time watching this movie and she Holy happily shit. watched it and it's because for all i think this is one of the most watched for us because we watched it in theaters it was before we did in review mm-hmm. and then we watched it for in review then we watched it for this rewatch here we watched it when her sister uh did her whole watch for the first time and it's just like it's just that good where gia does not like rewatching movies and for this she's like i am so in and was watching and compelled the entire time and it's because it's the perfect to a little bit of what andy and uh craig were saying it's just the perfect this is on tv i'm going to start watching for wherever it's at and enjoy the hell out of it like every moment of this movie is entertaining whether it's entertaining in a way that's making you laugh or visually blowing you away or the super fun action or really kind of like hype emotional speeches and things like i think that a lot of the dialogue that they give to to odin is like corny i I feel like so much of this movie is so corny and it's only taika that can get away with it and he pushes the line so far of things that would not be funny if anyone else were saying it besides the people on the screen at that moment like he has this way of writing for these actors and these characters that makes the most obscene weird like the whole hammer pull-off thing right like i just don't think that joke would have worked if it was read by someone else right it being taika and interacting with chris hemsworth like there's just like a a real magic to it all and i think that the the movie surprises me because if we took out what nick's talking about the immigrant song second reprise which is one of the greatest (laughs) moments in the mcu for so many reasons right it's the speech leading up to it it's the visuals of the whole fight it's the whole team coming together it's loki smiling like all of it's so good but if we took that scene out i still think this would be a top tier s tier movie with some of the best mcu moments like this thing is just constantly bookended with hype and insanity that is earned there's this movie is so great that the awesome hilarious dr strange scene is something i would forgets in this movie right there's so much of that in this where you just forget it so much yeah (laughs) and it's so surprising to rewatch it and still feel surprised you know here i am on my probably 10th rewatch of this and i'm still just like oh my god i'm finding new things to love about it and it's just such a such a pleasure it's such an entertaining movie like this might be one of the most entertaining from top to bottom movies i've ever seen and i can't wait to keep rewatching it more i hope love and thunder is even better the Complaints I have about this movie still remain. I don't think I'm ever going to get over them. I don't like how the Warriors 3 went out. I think that uh, despite how eh, they were in in 1 and 2. But it's an unexpected that I feel like was uh, only in in favor of my second problem, which is hell is cool as hell. I hate her story. I hate her just kind of being shoehorned in of like, oh, there's actually this whole other story you guys didn't know about. I get it. It all adds up. I really would have loved if Hela had been something we had known about for other movies and just teased and kind of like finally got her here because her reveal for how big it is, her coming in, fucking up Mjolnir, like killing old and all that stuff. It's like, it just happens really, really fast. And then there's a lot of exposition that leads to her doing dope stuff. So I can't complain too much, but I do think that that's something that I, I hold against this one. And then, uh, yeah, the last thing is just the green screen that Andy's talking about, but I can get over that when there's a couple bad green screen scenes. And for every one of those, there is the Valkyries flashback story. That is that's one of insane. the most incredible things so I've ever cool. seen on film. So, and um, also the, I think the green screen moment, uh, the infamous Norway sequence is 
made so much better because yeah, Anthony Hopkins dialogue is corny and cheesy, but it is so well delivered and he's mm-hmm. crushing it, dude. I, and he not to mention how gr- he crushes being Loki in the front. That's the best part. <laughs> That's, That's so true. Fucking t- Anthony Hopkins. Like, what an actor fucking having to act oh, as shit. if he's Loki. <laughs> so <laughs> goddamn good. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I mean, God, all, I mean, all the cameos in this movie, all the favors they pulled to get, like, Sam Neill in it, uh, the other Hemsworth. Matt uh, Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I want to I want to touch on, I mean, Tim, that, that is probably the only critique I have in the movie, too, is that they they sort of were like, we have this this character of Hela that's that's kind of not set up that well. It's She's one note, but we do have Kate Blanchett. And yeah. Kate Blanchett's kind of incredible. So just it'll be fine. And it was. And it was fine. And I think she did better than anyone could have done with what they gave her. But I do wish that her motivations weren't just like, I want to just keep killing things. Because after a while you're like, that's not fun. Um and it's just not it's just not as entertaining as like you know, setting up that character through two or three movies like you're talking about. But I do want to give a quick shout out to every time I watch this movie. I see, I see little things in the production design, the art direction that just like blow me away. And there's one in this specifically when they get to, um, to, uh, Sakaar, is that what the name of the world is? The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the colors, it's like, there's like three or four colors that they use pretty much throughout everything. And when Thor gets knocked through the barrier wall in the, in the gladiator arena and he grabs that big fucking like sort of hammer looking thing, the arena itself is reinforced by these octagonal like steel pieces that are the same colors that you're seeing throughout the world. So, like, someone was like, no, 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 they got to have a little pop of color there because that's that's the Grandmaster's, like, color scheme. Just little shit like that. And then also the outfits and the ships that are actually kind of under-designed in a way. Like, the Commodore ship looks sort of like it was designed in, like, with a really, 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 really good budget in 1983. Mm-hmm. That kind of look, you know? Yeah. But if they lean into that, it's just all that stuff makes this the story just seem really larger than life and fun. And then just shout out to the fact that somebody else... In this on this planet, finally recognized that the Willy Wonka boat sequence was totally inappropriate to put into a kids' film. <laughs> it's so inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna get into the entirety of this fantastic film, but before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by something Tim literally uses every day. AG1. Tim's birthday is June 30th, and he decided to give himself the gift of taking care of his body with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things! Tim mixes AG1 with his water, loves the taste, and says he's feeling better than ever. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffun. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. He is the thunder down under. This is the plot for Thor. Do you want me to go higher right there, Greg? Or- yes, please. No, no, I was just with you going you want to do one of those? I can do that. You, I mean, you crushed that. That's going into the third verse, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Thor Ragnarok, ladies and gentlemen. Tell me, brother, what were you the god of again? Gotta love that. Oh no, Thor's in a cage. How did this happen? <laughs> this is your first. <laughs> this is your first indicator. That this is not going to be your mom and dad's Thor. This is a brand new <laughs> Thor, and this character is goofy as shit and having a great time. Uh, of course, Thor's in the cage, and he has a his dead body there. He gets dropped in front of Surtur, uh, who has dreamt about who he was having uh, nightmares about. Rather, that's why he's gone after him. And the nightmares are all about Ragnarok which is the fall of Asgard. Uh, pretty funny part where he's spinning one, maybe done one too many times where he's like, hold on, wait, as he's spinning <laughs> around and then comes back. But whatever. I mean, I'd rather them shoot for the stars and fall short a couple of times here and there. Uh, Surtur is going to put his crown in the eternal fire, which is down in Asgard's vault. And when he does that, he's going to grow as big as a mountain, destroy Asgard. And then, but he's like, as but big as a house. No, no, it's a mountain. mountain. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, Odin's there. And he's like, Odin is not on Asgard. And Thor's like, huh? And then he goes, you can't stop Ragnarok. Why fight it? And, and Thor says, because that's what heroes do. And then, man, he calls him Mjolnir. And to this day, I still hold that these are some of the best sound effects they've ever come up with. Him, him, like spinning it and then throwing it. And we get that great shot following Mjolnir as it's going around in a circle, just slamming all of these CG characters that you couldn't care about. Um, and the the top down shot, very reminiscent of Yondu's arrow yeah. sequence. Uh, we we cool. see the top down shot of the hammer kind of going through everybody. Really awesome. I mean, this uh, whole scene is it's incredible because it's so funny. It's so well choreographed. It does what I love about Marvel movies at their best, which is like, cool. They have these these heroes have these specific weapons or powers. What's the coolest possible way to show them? And like, this is the answer to that. We've seen Mjolnir do a whole bunch of things. And even in the bad movies in Thor 1 and 2, it's like there was some cool uses of sure. Mjolnir. This, though, like they just started off. And this is a perfect example of like. I love that the second immigrant song is the moment we all talk about, but this first immigrant song moment is truly special and worth rewatching on its own. It's pretty incredible. You also have the punctuation of just the, the fun of the, when the dragon chases him upstairs. Well, he grabs the crown from Surtur first, like smashes his head and grabs the crown, uh, ties it onto him like a backpack with the chain that he was awesome. tied up with. Uh, tries to call from Heimdall. Heimdall's like not having it, so he climbs up to the thing as the dragon follows him and then he pins the dragon down <laughs> to the ground in by his just mouth. putting Mjolnir in his mouth. And it's that thing where you Which immediately feel bad because the the dragon sounds like a hurt dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, not draggy. Uh, of course, eventually uh, we cut back over and it's not Heimdall anymore. Heimdall anymore uh, who's manning the Bifrost. It's Butcher. Butcher. Laid by Butcher. Uh, Carl Urban, of course. Boy. And Butcher's just hanging out entertaining two ladies. And he wants to show them his stuff, specifically his two machine guns, Des and Stroy. From Texas. Which is <laughs> the, it's the stupidest joke ever. Like, that is a it joke really that I is. would do, and, and everyone would just be like, we're done. That's the last joke we're going to do on this podcast. But it's Carl Urban saying it, and it's hilarious. Um, of course, Thor uses uh, Thor eventually comes back. Uh, and all everyone gets splattered with uh, the decapitated dragon goo as he makes his way over uh, to Odin. Uh, he's like, "Where's Heimdall?" And he's like, "Well, Heimdall's a trailer traitor." And he's like, oh, "I gotta go find Odin." So go over to Odin. I have to announce you. Such running down the bridge. When he gets there, of course, he finds a massive statue uh, to Loki, uh, and then he finds a play that's happening that o that Odin is basically narrating because he he's either memorized it and or it's coming straight out of his brain. Of course, Odin is Loki at this point, and we get great cameos by Luke Hemsworth, who's also very jacked, uh, and Matt Damon, who's just 
this was the season of Matt Damon cameos. You'll remember that, right? Mm-hmm. It was like the one-two punch of Matt Damon randomly popping up in Inception or uh, Interstellar. The Martian. And then this. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the, in that wasn't right. random. <laughs> yeah, the Martian wasn't so much a cameo. Uh, it was more that he was the lead character. <laughs> in, <that movie. laughs> in a movie where he was alone pretty much the entire time. <laughs> Great film, though. Everyone should check it out. Great movie. Uh, we also get Sam Neill, of course, uh, who is the actor. That was he's in this as well, which is great. Uh, great but sequence. even just the set design of this and the choir so that are singing the song from Thor 2 like it's just so well done like they they got something special man uh, Thor of course knows this is Loki and makes him uh, reveal himself and they head back to New York to pick up dear old dad the old folks home but it's been demolished and Loki's like I don't know where he is but real uh, quick another one of like such a great cut Again, like we're at this point, we're already established that this is not your usual Thor movie, let alone Marvel movie, right? But just the cut of them, boom, like in New York and it being demolished, and then the cut back to them in street clothes, him holding umbrella, fucking Tom Hiddleston in a painted on suit, looking oh. fucking insanely good. You know what I mean? It's just that like. I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked this up and yeah. I don't know what to do. And um, I also just, well, again, want to call out uh, in the prior sequence, Anthony Hopkins going, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, his head. What a great cool oh, good. Um, I will say uh, both characters look good, of course, when they come to Earth in their Earth garb. And uh, I, I like the, I'll just say I like the boldness of the wig they put on Loki in this. I think it was, some people would say like, hey, let's do a subdued wig, like make it not look like a wig, but nah. Not not Taiko Atiti, not this team. They went full wig, and I for one support that as a newly uh, hired advocate of big wig. Wow, this gets my stamp of approval. Wow, you completely turned Damn. around on all of this. Yeah, that's a shocking one. If I ever heard of one, you ain't mm-hmm. keeping it real. Wow. And this was not only the summer of Matt Damon. This was the summer of Tommy Wiseau because <laughs> James Franco was going to be starring as Tommy Wiseau in the Room movie. The what's it called? Artist. Something or the, I forget that bio yeah. that biopic that they were making. The one about whatever. The, yeah, yeah. the artist, I believe. The oh, it was the, the artist. artist. Okay. The disaster, the disaster, disaster artist. artist. He got it. Yep. And the wig that both of them wore, Same shockingly way. similar. So there were so way. many scenes of Loki because we're used to, you know, Loki. Uh, watching this movie, I think I was just so used to Avengers One Loki with the slick back hair and the kind mm. of flip at the end. But suddenly it became this long. It's a bouffant. <laughs> it's Buffon. a Buffon. Buffon. It's very curly and very large. Yeah, it's too much. Uh, I'm so used to the Thor one Loki. I'm still not over the ha. The yeah. staff. <laughs> you want I that. think about that multiple times a day. You guys. Um, uh, of course, uh, as they're there, Thor. Everyone knows who Thor is. I love this, by the way. I love that there's no like hiding the fact that he's Thor. A group of young ladies run over to him, take a picture with him, and then one of them just says, "Hey, sorry, Jane broke up with you." And dumped that's all you. we get. Yeah, dumped you. Um. And then, of course, uh, before they know anything, uh, Loki gets uh, sucked into a portal uh, from Doctor Strange. And then he just uh, finds that Thor just finds the card that just says Bleecker Street. And this is the part we guys talking about. I was like, I totally forgot Doctor Strange is in this movie. I'm not quite sure why he's wearing these incredible riding gloves, but why has he never worn them again? I I hate the gloves. I love it. I love it. The thing thing I love about it is I love that it's not what he has in his own movie. I like that it's just him Mm -hmm. in the comics accurate shit for a cameo that is like more comedy based than anything. Like, I am so happy that this is part of a Taika movie because I feel like Doctor Strange is, especially now that we've seen a couple more movies, way more established as a character. But here, this is the first time we got to see kind of some levity from him. Because mm-hmm. we had only seen him in the first Doctor Strange movie, which is a bit more played serious, right? Yeah. So with this, I love the constant cutting of teleporting so around good. the the place. Yeah. And like with all Stinky. the drinks and all that stuff, like it just gave 
Doctor Strange, like this this comedic edge that I think really worked for him. And I just I love this use of cameo in this type of movie. And Tyke is the king of it. The uh, again, the gloves though, too much for me. The gloves just look like maids' gloves that I'm um washing dishes with like that's he, all i kind of get out of that vibe but it looked like if he just was washing dishes as they kind of stumbled upon his house but not he, only all the cuts tim but there's that one sequence where he teleports uh um thor again and thor is like half rolling down the stairs, down the stairs. <laughs> he's getting sicker and sicker every time they do it yeah. that gets me every it's every just time. it's such a good comedic fall <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna bring that up too. That's one of my favorite parts. I don't think I, I don't, yeah. Uh, it's like anyway. such a half stumble, and it's like you gotta have good comedic chops to fall funny, and that was a good ass fall. Yeah, but it's just it's just enough. Like the the thought of it is it's just enough that that Doctor Strange did it just to be a dick, just to troll him. Not enough to hurt him. Not enough to annoy. Just a, just a little bit to annoy <laughs> him. <on that. laughs> like, like fifth stare. What's Real up? quick, about, speaking of being a dick, I need to apologize to Tim. Uh, earlier today, there was a lot of conversation if he was one or Fat Five keeping it real. <laughs> oh, wow. And I thought for sure it was an one. And I put it to a vote in here on patreon.com slash kind of funny for the people watching live. And 60% say he's a Fat Five on the keeping it wow, real scale. Wait, so, Tim, cool. I apologize. I apologize. That's pretty huge for you, Tim. Tim from kind of funny. Uh, I just want to let you know that I, I was also in the, the chat on YouTube watching live on patreon.com slash kind of funny. And yeah. I even voted myself one. So, yeah. damn. <laughs> Damn, the bad news spoke, is, I appreciate the, you. The bad news is, I have already ordered the sh- shirts for me and Nick that say Fat Five. So, Got sorry. It. Next, maybe we'll, next we'll round. have to wait for round two, I guess. You know, maybe next okay. round I get it in there. We'll see if this bit survives to another week. And if it does, <laughs> we, we, we wear the shirts. Maybe totally Odin not. done. Uh, of course, it turns out that Odin uh, this entire time has just been—he's been in Norway, uh, and and they're like, "Why didn't he come home?" He's like, "Well, he wanted to be there um, because when they go and visit him, he is—he's fading. He is now coming. He's done with the Odin sleep. This—he's about to go into his final Odin sleep, where he just turns into Particular, which is an After Effects plugin." I just God go off it. into the world. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a nice nap, though, Nick. You know what I mean? You just does. kind of zone off for a bit. Because, like, once you, I think once you've accrued enough sleep that you're owed a, an Odin sleep every once for in a sure, while. For sure. For sure. Can you imagine? Uh, of course, before he says that, he's like, look, y'all have a problem. I didn't tell you about this in the millennium that I've been alive. But it turns out you guys have a big sister, and she is the goddess of death. And I used to hang with her a lot and teach her stuff. And we took over a bunch of realms, which is pretty much how we whipped everything into shape. But... She, her bloodthirstiness uh, was too much, so I locked her away. Uh, and guess what? Asgard's her power. So when she gets back, uh, when I die, she's going to come back from this weird green land that I put her in, and she's going to kill everything. See you later. Here, I've I've got a, a – a, here's the thing. We could change some of the mythology, and we can go back and kind of retcon and change some of the story because I think it would be a lot more entertaining if Hela was an old fling of his. Because to me, it sounds a lot cooler of – Odin and like this old crazy ex-girlfriend and they were just like two young kids in love and they were just fucking things up all over the the universe and I love the idea of like hey stepmom's coming back and she's fucking wild (laughs) like she's this crazy hot lady and she's really violent and because I there's a part of me that just kind of finds it weird that like Thor and his oldest daughter are going to go fuck things up because I wonder like how Young was she? Like, she I see that's like Odin. that. You mean Odin and his young Odin? Yeah, sorry. But like, she but could be a Andy, thousand. This goes back to to what I was saying a couple weeks ago with the uh, Loki and Thor one, where it's like, I get it. I know this is the mythology, and I get that they're they're just going with what was already given to them. But like, 
Loki turning blue and all this stuff. It's like you're adding these extra elements that I feel like take away from like what the core of the story and the characters are. And I think with Hela, I'm right there with you where it's like because these characters are ageless, essentially, like they live thousands of years. Being an older sister doesn't have the same relevance that it does to us as humans, you know. So it's like it kind of just creates a weird dichotomy with Loki and Thor having grown up together as brothers and then their older sister that could have been thousands of years older than them. Yeah, right. Because uh, imagine if he was like, oh, before I met your mother, Frigga, I, uh, <laughs> you know, me and this uh, this lady, yeah. Hela, we we took the Go town the by storm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we met in this cool. uh, city in Midgard called Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, some good. We had a good time. We got kicked out of like four chilies and Applebee's. It, yeah. was, it was a mess. In one night? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> wow. we're, yeah, we're no longer allowed at the. A lot of chicken ball. crispers gone to waste. Yeah, uh, of course he tells. Hey, have you ever been to a Bennigan's? A long time ago, and mm-hmm. I only really ever knew of a Bennigan's because in South Park, Butters really wants to go to Bennigan's sure. in one of the episodes. But I think the Bennigan's back home was open for at least like three years, and then it closed down. It did not last very long. Mm. Uh, of course, before he dies, he says, "Remember this place, home." Uh, and then with that, he dissipates like Frigga did and all the dead ass guardians. And it's that uh, pissed off. Of course, Thor squares off against Loki, but they got bigger fish to fry because soon Hela arrives and Hela tells them to kneel before her. And Thor's like, I don't kneel before anyone. And he throws Mjolnir at her and she catches it and then destroys it, which would have been so dope if they hadn't shown that in every single trailer leading up to the film. Yeah, and we knew mm-hmm. that was going to happen. And in a what different is, place. What is it about some of the shots, though, that. I think some of the shots look like they're on location and look really damn convincing. But for the most part, like 80% of those faraway shots just have that really fuzzy, fake, bad lighting sort of vibe. But some of these closer shots look really good and convincing. And part of me wonders, was like, did they have to reshoot some stuff? Or was it was a chance? It was, it was probably all green screen, let's be real. But I think some of them just look really damn good and i kind of wish all of them looked bad because i feel like that would lessen the impact of the bad shots it's funny because from my one... understanding it is all green screen because like this the same shots are in the trailer but they're in an alleyway the exact we see this whole sequence but they're not on the green uh, in new york yeah um this th- it's funny because this wasn't this one doesn't stand out to me because i think it's i just my brain says that oh, it's supposed to have sort of like a dreamlike quality because we revisit it again and he talks to his dad with different dialogue yeah. so it's yeah. like kind of force ghostish quality to it but the one that actually i hadn't noticed before until i watched it on my computer screen was the the cg in that when he's fighting hulk is terrible the background just looks so bad and so fake um in in parts but either way anyway back to the story uh loki quickly figures out the score and tells scourge to bring them back and thor's like no don't do that because she needs to ride back to asgard and as they're going back up through the bifrost uh she basically punts them out of their uh, loki first and then thor awesome second effect. really cool yeah, very awesome very cool. effect. Love the kind of glass shards. It reminds me of what we just mentioned, Interstellar. It kind of reminds me of like, yes, it's space and it's this cosmic sort of concept, but there is a physical aspect to it. And yeah. breaking through that glass shards and seeing it all kind of break down looks really awesome. Yeah, very true. Uh, of course, when she arrives, she promptly kills Volstag and Fendral. And poor uh, Zachary Levi was like, well, that was it. That's all. I'm out of the movie. Peace. I'll take my paycheck and see you later. <laughs> Uh, and then offers the cowardly scourge a job as a right hand man. Uh, great soundtrack here. Very, very. This is where the '80s synth sort of kicks in uh, as we catch up over Thor uh, as he lands on the junk planet of Sakar. Uh, scavengers quickly arrive to eat him, and he tries to call for Mjolnir, and nothing happens. You're like, oh, it's really sad. And then he just takes uh, real, real quick. 
Kev, can you bring up what I just sent assets at 13 seconds? Uh, yeah, give me one second. It's more of a freaky sucker. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to show you guys that what I'm talking about with the, the alleyway thing. Oh, sure. Yeah, I guess I haven't seen this trailer in so long. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it came out five years ago. Wow. Which is insane. This is so, yeah, crazy to me. A little bit. Oh, wow. That's fucking crazy. I, that's totally... Um, what's that blowing my called? mind where i would have i would have i would have bet you Birdstein. dollars for donuts mandela the, yeah the mandela effect i would have bet you dollars for donuts i was like the alleyway no fucking way but you were totally right holy crap that's yeah, so this, keep, this keep is going the alleyway where there's the spider-man poster that says murderer on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure it's the exact same shot that we see yeah with a different background yeah that that's uh, a anyway, really good pull, continue. Tim. That's a really good pull. So they must have. Tim, that was a fat that. five. <laughs> Thank you guys. I heard He's about fat it five, real. everybody. Jim, Tim's fat five in it over here. <laughs> we also Jim, never call get your parents. This <laughs> call your parents. It's funny. That must that must be why it kind of had that bloomy effect because they must have had to go in and roto everything. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, uh, back to it. Of course, uh, she kills them and heads out, uh, and then Thor lands and. Grabs, they start fighting the scavengers, and he just takes one and hurls them into the stratosphere. And there is nothing cooler and funnier as a gag than he punches one dude, and the dude just hey, goes down normally. Jack, please leave your message. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, Jack Quaid from the boys. This is Greg Miller from Kind of Funny, and Tim just got a fat five on the Thor Ragnarok re-review in review. And so, woof, you know what I mean? Let everybody know. See you from the mountaintops and ring that bell, Quasimodo. I'm so so bad for Jack. Jack, Does Jack, like, why? A couple questions there. Do you call Jack Quasimodo? That's just question number one. Question number two. Does he know anything about the five, five system? No. Not at all. Not, not only does he not know about the, the Fat Five, I specifically on the podcast said, Jack, do not give Greg your phone number. He's Don't going to call you. It's going to be the worst. And here we are. It's I mean, that's that's that, I, I, like, okay, so that's a little comforting that he was warned. And <laughs> oh, like, Rahul so. tried to talk him out of it on Twitter, too. But I laughed so hard when I saw Rahul's tweet say, Don't give him your number, bro. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, right, back to the story. It. Of course, uh, Thor's uh, uh, Valkyrie finally shows up, um, and she's hammered. Ended up to see with her cool power gloves and just smokes all of them. I like the machine guns and the thing back there just smokes everyone. Uh, and then she darts Thor and then drags him aboard her ship. Uh, over on Asgard, Hela squares off against the entire Asgardian army led by Hogan, uh, and she slaughters them all. And he gets at least a little bit more of some screen time than the rest of the Warriors three, but he gets killed. He gets by a giant spike through his gut. Uh, do you wish that uh do you wish that like her blades had like a green aura on them yeah i wish they had like like a green kind of like she like they look kind of like green flying lightsabers either way i love her power set cool ass power set i'd love to play as her in a video game i like and and i'm if you keep 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 supporting marvel's avengers maybe she'll be added soon a long enough pause happened that i'm like oh greg's not gonna go for it Um, I, I do want to call out, of course, that the the sort of like a, the helmet that she puts on by like slicking her hair back. I Badass. love that effect. They use it a lot, but it's cool. It's awesome. I know. I think memory serves correctly. I think she hated wearing the, the, the thing that went on her head for that. But I don't like that headpiece. It looks cool, but rad. then when you fight, it looks funny. 
when she yeah. starts flying with it. Like even when she's flying up after Thor and Loki, I was like, it's just wicked looking. But something wicked this way comes. Exactto, my friend. She heads over to the throne uh, as Heimdall steals the sword from the Bifrost and sneaks away. Uh, we cut over to Thor, strapped to a chair, getting the full introduction to Sakaar, and it is insane and set to the Willy Wonka mm-hmm. theme, and it's fucking hilarious. And we learn the gra- about the Grandmaster, the creator of the Contest of Champions, and you. And then it says you will meet the Grandmaster in five seconds, and right when it gets to about two seconds in the countdown, Thor starts to scream. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> and then we stop and we see him for the first time the bloom himself the bloom Arguably, i mean i think we could probably vote right now greatest character ever in an mcu movie maybe yes. ever will be he's in an so... mcu movie yes but i do need to give a, a very specific shout out here nick that that you already know but mm-hmm. um because of watching thor ragnarok i was like god i love mark ruffalo and geo was like tim have you seen 13 going on 30 which i yeah. she expected that i had seen but i had never seen so watch for the first time mark ruffalo that. pure pleasure this relates nothing to the fact that then we're like you know what let's watch father of the bride yeah because no, you know oh, the, and the new one with andy garcia Ruffalo. Well, I was like, we got to go back. We got to do our sure. own private in review. So we watched Father of the Bride Part 1 two mm-hmm. nights ago. Yeah, Last mm-hmm. night, we watched Father of the Bride Part 2. Both of them utterly fantastic movies. Two ghost places you would never expect. Exactly. But uh, what I will say is that Jeff Goldblum is one of my favorite, as Grandmaster, one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Only up there with Frank Martin Short's ah, character yes, yes, yes. In, in Father of the Bride. And I just want the two of them to hang out. So I just want to put that. I understand out there why you world. made that a private one. I would have been on for a Father of the Bride uh, in review, just like I would be for the Before trilogy, which I'm go. watching without you guys, and I really don't Perfect. like that I have to do this without you. But I'm doing it without you. Also, yes. real quick now, now that you watched 13 going on 30, watch the sequel, The Adam Project. Oh, I'm excited for that one. I will think of it as a sequel. I don't. You yeah, have to. I, I mean, it's Jennifer Gardner like, and Mark it, Ruffalo. It, re- it really, it really checks out if you think of it as a sequel. It really does. Yeah, I have I don't a. Know if that was what they intended? It's a fun it's movie. Art imitating life. I have, a, I have a complete non sequitur. I think we should have a new segment of the thing. You, like you have a non sequitur thing... to the non sequitur that we just yeah. went on. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I that Greg that makes text, a sequitur. The the thing that Greg messaged me last episode is the new segment. <laughs> so I'm not going to mention what he just mentioned me right now, but in Thor: Love and Thunder, I will mention what he messaged me in this episode. So nice stay tease, tuned, Andy. Good stay job. Stay tuned for an review on that Perfect. episode. Perfect. No, you're never gonna remember. That. You'll never fucking remember. I want to set a reminder, you son of a bitch. I'd like to it. see you try with those <laughs> fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Tim, I was coming at it and knocking out of the park. And I'm Babe Ruth, and you're just throwing cabbages across the plate, man. <laughs> yeah. what I do. You're a six-year-old plumber in the major just leagues. Throwing cabbages across the plate. Uh, you guys are out of your mind. I love it. Uh, of course, everything Jeff Goldblum does here is freaking perfect. Uh, including when they bring in his cousin Carlo, uh, the Grandmaster, uh, d- decides to pardon him from life. Uh, and, then they, and then they just, <laughs> just, just completely disintegrate him into a goo. And he goes, oh, he got all, he's all over me. Oh, I'm stepping in. I'm, I'm stepping, stepping in. Up and then, and this is, I, and I want to go back and just watch how this scene's cut. Because it's cut in a way where it kind of mirrors how the rest of the world works, where it doesn't make any sense, right? They do this purposely where, like, 
they kind of trick you and it's kind of confusing to your eye. So at one point they cut back to Thor and then he turns as the as we're in a completely different kind of section of the palace and the Grandmaster is just DJing. <laughs> yeah, he is. And it's I love the fucking hilarious. song he plays. It's like that. <laughs> you could tell that like Mark Mothersbaugh just hopped on the synth and just. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's generic. so funny. Um, and then, of course, you know, as you guys all know, I don't like people that DJ after 30. But for Jeff Goldblum. He gets a pass. Oh, I mean, wow. I think once you pass like the 20,000 age mark, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like once you're about 30,000 years old, like the, the Grandmaster is, it works. That makes sense. It resets. Uh, Loki, of course, is there too, but he's uh, but he's doing a much better situation. He's conned his way into the Grandmaster's chambers and he's, he's one of the inner sanctum people. Uh, but it's weird. He's been there for weeks and then, uh, it, but Thor just got there. And the Grandmaster clears it out says, time works real weird, real different here. On any other world, I'd be a million years old. Uh, but here on Sakaar. <laughs> so good. He so just good. doesn't finish the sentence. Like, has there <laughs> ever been a funnier thing no. to happen in a movie? Like, what the fuck happened there? And like, what the fuck happened that they're like, you know what? Lineup. We're gonna it's keep hilarious. it. We're just gonna keep it. Like, but see, it like, so good. It's part of the magic oh. of what Thor Ragnarok is. And to your point earlier, Tim, it's why I don't get hung up on the hella stuff. If it was a movie that was taking it itself in canon, like super seriously, and trying to like the like, Dark World. Yeah, I think I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's weird that uh, 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 Odin had this daughter he never talked about. But the fact that he's just like, oh, I'm about to die, and you have a sister, and she's going to fuck everything up. And then she shows up to fuck everything up and then reveals the paintings. And then, like, Grandmaster's just like, and here's the call. I'm like, I get it. Let's go. <laughs> like, why? Why? I, on this w- world where he's collected all these misfits and things, how did he fucking ha- collect the Willy Wonka song? I don't know. I don't care. Let's not think about it. I'll tell you what else is canon in this world is the fact that. Thor had a roommate back in Australia, and so, and then the Grandmaster became his roommate <laughs> later on in oh that my third God, episode. That's right. I forgot so about like, that. That's something I completely forget about. And then watching this again, I'm just like, God, everything gold Jeff Goldblum touches in this movie turns to gold. So funny. Bloom. Uh, so, then, oh. of course, they. So you Sorry. think I, this movie can't get any better, right? We've got Jeff Goldblum. He's going to be this hilariously comic antagonist to Thor the entire time. And Thor. He's all by himself, and it's going to be great. I'll figure it out. And then they throw him in to the holding cell, which is a big circle with weird when time doesn't work the same way there. And we meet we meet Meek and Korg, played by Taika Waititi. And he is incredible. And he, <laughs> this is another line I always forget to have. He goes, I'm made of rock. You don't, you don't need to be afraid of me unless you're made of scissors. Just a little rock, paper, scissors. Humor. <laughs> My favorite line in all the sequences, uh, the only people who showed up to uh, to the revolution were my my mom and her and her step uh, or her boyfriend, who I hate. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great, dude. Thor gets a little exposition. He asks about the Grandmaster's champion, and Cork tells him, oh, he's like, you don't want to mess with this guy. Uh, Doug just fought him. And he goes, hey, Doug. Oh, Doug is dead. (laughs) <laughs> Nobody beats the champ, it turns out here. Uh, back over in Asgard, Hela redecorates the Grand Hall. We see the real history of how Asgard were built uh, underneath it. You'd think you would just have that painted over, but I guess it's just cheaper to get a whole different facade put on that thing. Uh, she takes a little fire out of the eternal flame and jumps into the big old pit below her uh, where all of the army of the dead Asgardians and her big old dog are resting, uh, and she pulls them back to life. Loki 
This, this scene right here is interesting because uh, it's fun now to have the knowledge of what happens in the future movies. But I remember in between um, Infinity War and Endgame, there were so many rumors of like what could possibly be the plot of Endgame. How are they going to do this? And one of the most kind of believed things was that um, Thor was going to have to, with some time travel shenanigans, go back to Asgard and awaken the army for himself to fight to use as the army against Thanos's army. Mm. Uh, very Lord of the Rings type thing, Andy. That was for you. Cool. Uh, but yeah, it would have been dope as hell, but it didn't happen. I do love the fact that you got the, we see the vault that we've seen in the first movie, which is basically suspended over nothing. And then she burls a hole through that and there's actually something below it. I was just like, that's a, what a fucking cool pull on that one that was. Yeah. Um, let's see. We cut back over, All right? Uh, nope. Oh, oh, oh okay. God, the Loki handle pulled you off. <laughs> Loki, I mean, Loki comes to visit Thor uh, and talk him out of going back to Asgard. He's like, "Look, man, we can do we can do really well here. In, in 30, 40 years, I can get you out of this, and we'll uh, we'll figure it all off." Uh, but then Thor's like, "You never like I'm I'm not doing that. I got to go back to Asgard and save Asgard." And then Loki, of course, is not there. He's just a ghost. And Thor does that thing where he throws a little thing through that. He goes, "It would mean a lot more if you were actually here." And he's like, "I'm not coming in there. It's dirty." And then he leaves. And then Kor has the banger. Kork has the banger laugh. Piss off, piss off, ghost. Uh, what does he's he say after that? Gone. He's, <laughs> he's freaking gone. gone. Um, the next day, Korg and Thor talk, uh, talk about Mjolnir, and and uh, then he tells them that Scrapper 142 uh, was, he figures out that she's an Asgardian because she's got the tattoo there. Uh, he recognizes she's a Valkyrie and, and always wanted to be one until he found out they were all women. He has a little fun stumbly line here where he kind of uh, stumbles over his words there, uh, and he tells her that Asgard is in danger. She must be a traitor or either a traitor or a coward. Uh, if she's not going to do anything about it. And then he goes off to fight the champ. But before he fights the champ, thank God somebody on the Marvel side, a sleeper like me, a spy in the ranks mm. like me, is working against Big Wig. Because someone's yeah. like, can we just cut his hair and let him have a normal haircut? But who, who should that, cut it, though? Who should cut it, indeed? <laughs> uh, I, this this character's uh, the, the costume they have him in has to be based on something, right? It looks familiar to a degree, but Stanley, of course, is the cameo of the person that cuts his hair, and it's great. And God bless, and this is a perfect example of where Chris Hemsworth was as Thor and where Chris Hemsworth is. And he was like, how, he's like, he says something to the degree of like, you wouldn't dare cut my hair, sir. How dare you? And then in a second, he goes, please don't cut my hair. Please like, don't cut my hair. Sir, please <laughs> no. don't cut my hair. And it's great. And of course they do, and they smatter the big red on it, and his hair looks fucking awesome when they cut he it. He looks awesome. He looks great. Uh, it, it's one of those like it's it's supposed to look fucked up. It's supposed to look shaved into and all messed up, but it looks no, dope it looks as hell. Dope. Like it just looks like uh, like purposeful chaos. Like uh, think of like when you buy jeans with holes in them. That's yeah. what mm -hmm. I like. That's but like cool is. ones. You well, know what I mean? To Nick's to Nick's point earlier about the production design, like with the colors and everything, like every single element of this movie has that. Like we've seen now that the two original Thor movies, like. I kept praising them for their use of Loki's coloring versus Thor's coloring and how like it, they really played with that. With this, I thought it was cool that they kind of gave Loki a, a different type of uh, color to deal with where there was a lot more blue in his outfits to kind of tie him with Thor. And then with Thor, um, not just his haircut and stuff, but throughout the adventure so far, his outfit's been getting kind of ripped up and like he lost half of his cape when he first got to Sakaar and all that. And like what we get with him now, it's like I love that we have these – 90s action figure style 
different takes on these characters. And here we have like that's Ragnarok Thor, and like we know what that means, and it looks mm-hmm. sick as hell. The battle mm-hmm. damage DLC. Soon we yeah. learn about Love and Thunder Thor. You can get that in the Marvel's Avengers too. Mm. Uh, cool. And we get our intro here, right? He enters the arena, and uh, the Grandmaster, of course, fucking fucking up his name. Instead of calling him the God of Thunder, calls him the Lord of Thunder. And he enters the ring. And he's got a new haircut. He's great. And then you careful. He's got, he got sparkles on his. <laughs> Watch out for his fingers. They make sparks. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, then it's time to introduce the reigning champ and the reigning, the undefeated, ladies and gentlemen. I give you your incredible Hulk. Another thing that I wish had not gotten spoiled. But I mean, how, how do you not spoil this? But this is awesome because we hear the best line here where everyone's like, oh, no, he's going to get killed. And of course, Thor is overjoyed, says, yes, we know each other. He's a friend from work. Dude, this is incredible. And I've said this on a different show now. But now that we're back watching Ragnarok, uh, at this point, probably a year ago, Gia's sister and her boyfriend had watched all these for the first time never seen the trailers and i got to see the genuine reaction of hulk showing up and it was just pure glee like jenna lost her shit and i'm like that is so cool that there are going to be a ton of people that for the first time are just watching the mcu and then they get this moment and i think that it's such a wise call looking back on what they did of separating thor and hulk from the rest of them because everyone else was in civil war everyone else is on earth dealing with that fight if either hulk or thor were in that fight it would have looked very different that airport would have been destroyed like it just would have not worked so having them have this fight in not at the same time but like you know kind of meanwhile i thought was uh really damn cool well don't forget also that this comes hot off the heels of sokovia when they had that rivalry right which is why remember they were like there's that great shot in uh avengers um not, this age of Ultron. Two, yeah, Age of Ultron, where they they down the thing and he punches him. It's like they wait the perfect beat and then he punches Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was from that, right? Or maybe that was from Avengers One. Avengers One. Oh yeah, it must have been One because One, one was yeah, him. He did the thing to Loki thing. and then he does yeah. it. Yeah. Um, all that stuff is super funny. They have that rivalry and then uh, I totally forgot. I was like, wait, how did Hulk get on this planet again? I I forgot that he he, he got the witch got in his head and then he destroyed everything and the Hulkbuster and all that stuff and he had to get his little ship and he just took off. That was all that stuff is great. It's kind of fun going back and, and seeing and remembering all that stuff. Anyway, uh, he goes, man, lots happened since I last saw you. I lost my hammer like yesterday. So that's still pretty fresh. <laughs> and then he goes, Loki, look who it is. And Loki, of course, is just terrified because he's remembering that the last time he saw the Hulk, when he got fucking utterly destroyed by him up in the penthouse. Uh, but the whole game having it, man. He's all about that champ life. And they get it on. Thor gets knocked into the back wall. This is where we see those cool little pieces uh, that it's built into the back wall of structural. Dude, and he pulls awesome. Out Just, like, I love hammer. I love that swing, Nick. Like when he gets that massive hammer, it's like the perfect timing of Hulk just jumping at him and he just pulls the hammer out boom, and fucking knocks him against the wall. Yeah. Like they have such great choreography in this to keep it visually interesting. It's already interesting the fact that you have two of the strongest Avengers fighting each other, mm-hmm. but they just find a way to kind of amp up the entertainment factor. And all I think all of this is like perfectly paced to have one of them look like they're going to lose. And then we have it all culminate with the lightning there kind of like pop up when he gets the flashbacks to Odin on the yeah. hill. And the doof, doof. Like, I love that shit. I think this whole thing is just kind of paced out perfectly. And it's also cool, too, that like the, this movie does such a good job of adapting multiple 
comic storylines into one thing like it's the ragnarok storyline it's the contest of champions storyline and like elements like major elements of the uh planet hulk storyline and it's just cool that they really did a good job of taking all that which is very serious shit and making it so lighthearted, but kind of all work together like it i'm often surprised at how well the plot of this movie works where we're getting this thor hulk fight and it totally makes sense with how this movie ends with asgard getting destroyed uh, before he can finish the fight, of course, the Grandmaster realizes that he's actually winning, and so he uses his remote control to paralyze Thor, and then Hulk jumps about a mile and a half into the sky, and awesome. I love that Valkyrie is watching from her ship, which always gives me anxiety, because I'm like, you know what, don't fall, but she'll probably survive. She's gonna really live for me, man. Yeah. Uh, and then you see Hulk just kind of pop up, just like the bat, the bat, yeah. <laughs> great shot, and then just go all the way down and just slam, and you see, it's so beautifully done, too. Because if you watch, you see his hand, POV, his hand kind of comes up to stop yep. the blow for one second, and it just lights out, right? Uh, we, cut back over, oh, we cut back over to Hela. She enlists Scourge to be her elite executioner, and they begin their conquest of the realms. But the sword is missing from the Bifrost, and they got to find that first. Heimdall, we catch back up to him, and he's got cool long hair now, and he saves a group of lost <laughs> as guardians in the woods and takes them back to a secret stronghold with the rest of the refugees. Meanwhile, Thor wakes up. Completely shirtless. And it would be a Thor movie if we didn't have a shirtless at least one. And he is fucking cut in this. And this is what I'm talking about here, Andy. We take Thor. This is why this is the perfect blend of the Thors. We take the bulk of Thor 1, like how big he was, and Mm -hmm. the definition from Thor Dark World. Sandwich those together with some very, very, very low rise, like leather pants. And bada bing, bada boom, you get Thor Ragnarok. Is it? I mean, the only thing they could do better than this is have him completely naked and we see his butt. And I doubt they'll do that, guys. Is it possible to? Like, <laughs> is, it po- go? Okay. is it pop- possible to put a high rise pant on this man? I don't know if he allows it in his contract. No, I don't. I don't think it's a matter of allowing him this contract. I think his abs don't allow it. Yeah, the pants try to pull it, it up. The abs are so strong they push the. Yeah, they push right back down. down. Yeah. Physics, yeah, right. physics and sciences are still trying to figure out how to make it work. Oh, mm-hmm. That's tough. Well, let me know when they figure that out. When you, because I know you have a subscription to Popular Mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, I love this, by the way, because this is just where the champions hang. This is Thor's like penthouse, or not Thor's penthouse, uh, uh, Hulk's penthouse, and he's just having a bath, and he's completely naked, and we see a big old Thor booty, and he's got that same like just tautness to it. You're like, cool, somebody, somebody figured that one out. Gonna get uh, to you and that booty. Exactly. He throws on his armor, and uh, let's see, uh, Hulk crashes. He's like, what happened? He was like, I crashed on the planet in the Quinjet. And he looks down. He's like, oh, the Quinjet. We see his butt. Uh, and then he calls him baby arms, and Thor tries to leave but gets shocked. <laughs> You're a bad friend. Yeah, bad friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thor calls to Heimdall uh, to help him, uh, and they communicate through their cool golden eyes. Uh, Heimdall, uh, by the way, I love that there's a, there's a line in this, I think, where he's like, that he can see everything in the universe. Like, what a cool power. What a cool power. It's pretty cool. uh, Heimdall shows him the fate of Asgard, and he wants to evacuate, but he tells Thor to go. He's like, well, how? I got to get back to, I don't know which, how to get out of there. He's like, just pick a door. Which one? He goes, the biggest one you can find. Go through whatever, whatever the fucking thing is that you can see in the sky and go through that. Uh, I also love that Heimdall in this movie, like, gets some things to do. I don't think they're always the most interesting parts of this movie, but I love the idea of him using the sword as a weapon. Yeah. Like, it's just so fucking sick, because, like, for two movies, it was just a, you know, kind of like a yeah. key more than anything. But, like, him using it and how big it is is, like, as dope as hell. And Idris is sick. Of course. Uh, the next day, Thor calls Val- calls in Valkyrie for help under the guise of Hulk calling her. And uh, he tells her that Odin is dead. And he's got to stop Hela. And he puts her, he's like, I'm putting together a team. 
And she's like, listen, I've already been, I, I, he's like, I've already faced off against Hela and it did not go very well. Um, that is how all the Valkyries died. I think this is the point where we get that beautiful uh, uh, imagery that we yeah, see. Yeah, her and Loki are talking about Her and about Loki, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, okay, that's later. Sorry, that was, that's later. When, yeah, you uh, put it here, though. Loki Why not? Live your incredible, life. incredible. Um, Thor takes the opportunity to lift the remote from her and take the little stupid dart off his neck. He was kind of conning her. He's getting a little smarter to hear Thor, not trusting as much. I, I also uh, want to shout out just a part that my the first time watching it, my dad laughed so hard at Hulk just bouncing the ball against the wall because <laughs> it's such a dude thing to do. Like, yeah. you have a ball, you're going to find a you're way to fucking have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. That part made my dad laugh really hard. I was like, you know what? That that's a justified place to laugh. Good job, yeah. Dad. That's really good humor right there. <laughs> I'm glad you you approve of your father. <laughs> just a dude, just a dude playing with a ball. It's fun as hell. But I also love that mid monologue as as Valkyrie's like, listen, I can't go back. That's too much. Thor's like this. You got to go back because that's what heroes do. And he takes the ball and he hurls it against the glass as if to break it, and it only cracks the glass and then comes back and ping pongs off his head <laughs> and just knocks him down and without missing a beat again. Chris Hemsworth, 10 out of fucking 10, pops back up and he's like, oof, grabs the ball and just throws it through again. And yeah. They and, run out. and they do such a good job with this in many points of this movie where they are purposefully building up the music to set you up for the silly part where, you know, the rug is pulled from under you. And I think when a lot of directors and just editors and, and movie makers try to attempt humor like this, it doesn't always necessarily land, but. I think the combination of just Taika and um, Chris Hemsworth's timing, I think all of it works out so perfectly because we have it happen later where, again, where the music does, it's building up, and then, like, something stupid happens, and yeah. uh, everybody laughs, but it just works out so great here, and I wish that, like, I, I, I know that it's not easy to succeed in that sort of slapsticky humor. Uh, they get Thor gets the Quinjet before Hulk because Hulk doesn't want to leave, uh, and we get... Some of the best callbacks ever as he tries to activate the Quinjet. <laughs> and and the, the, the voice comes over and says, welcome, voice activation required. And he says, strongest Avenger. And she's like, access the night. He goes, strongest Avenger. And she goes, access the night. He goes, point break. And it lets him <laughs> in. And guys, come on. That is come on. so funny. And it's so, it's so funny. What was that? Avengers when he called them point break one time. That was it. Mm -hmm. Like They never made mention to it again. It's so fucking funny. But you like, it, it's nice to know that. In that, that's what he did that one time, and then in all their Avenger, you it's know, stuck. adventures we didn't get to see, he yeah. still kept doing it. He kept calling it a Point Break. Uh, I love I, just how Stark is in this movie without being in this movie. Like, he is this so right. dude. Every then, time, like, every yeah. time Bruce Banner pulls down the pants, like he walks it's in so and sees Loki, like, oh, and it's just like this, like not <laughs> nervous tick, but like yeah, totally doing it. Uh, of course, unfortunately, Hulk comes in and destroys the Quinjet because he's like he's freaking out. He doesn't want to leave. And then that pops up a message uh, on screen from Nat, who is telling him to come home. And of course, that calms him. and He turns back into Banner. And lo and behold, he's like, dude, how long? He's like, what the hell's going on? He's like, you've been gone for a while. You've been you've been Hulk for a really, really long time. Banner accesses the computer and it replies, welcome, strongest Avenger. Another little beat of comedy there because uh, they have that rivalry. Then Grandmaster puts out the word to find them and they sneak out uh, in some of Tony's clothes. Uh, Grandmaster puts Loki and Valkyrie in charge of finding Thor. Why he would do that is beyond me, but I guess he trusts them. Uh, they fight, and Loki pulls uh, pulls a Vulcan mind meld to see. This is where we get that image of the dead Valkyrie and her fighting, her being the last person standing. Great, dude. 
it's just so good. It's like I I love that effect. Like there, I, if anyone knows what it is, is please let me know in the comments because where the light is kind of just constantly spinning, and it like kind of it, it makes it can make a one face look like a bunch of different faces because of how the light's hitting it. Like that's what they have going for this entire scene. So everything is being lit, and so it's like constantly cycling around, but it's cool as hell. Yeah, they use like uh, uh, we talked about it the last time we did, but uh, I watched a couple of featurettes showing how they did this scene specifically, and yeah, they have a insanely good slow motion camera with just lights that are rotating around the whole set. So it, it, you're getting like the frame. I guess like the framing and the frames per second you're getting are slower than what the lights are doing. Mm -hmm. And it just has this really dope ass sort of effect. I think Greg just slacked Nick something and Nick made a funny face. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. We're just, uh, we're just strategizing. Hey Andy, I'd like, I'd like strategizing. Great. I'd like something for me. All right. And it's called not being a fucking narc. All right. (laughs) If I needed you in this communication, I go and loop you in on the old Morse code, but I'm not. All right. So turn your dial up on this one, little guy. (laughs) (laughs) Strategizing is the perfect word for me to go. Like Tim and I had the same visceral reaction and Nick said, we're strategizing. It's just, it's, oh, not, right. it's not fear. It's like no. disappointment. Yeah, yeah, it's called dread. Uh, anyway, Banner is scared the hell that Hulk is going to come back and be lost forever. Valkyrie saves them from the crowd and tells him she wants to be on the team. And the team's official name is the Revengers. Hilarious. Uh, they spot the devil's anus and decide to steal a ship that can make it there. But the only one that, that they could, that, that anyone knows of that they have access to is the Grandmaster ship. Uh, but they'll need a distraction. And Thor knows just the thing. We got to start a revolution. So they break out Korg, Meek, and the rest of the prisoners uh thor and loki break into the hangar and have a great talk about their differences this is this is by the way is, is great because this really is like kind of the sort of ending this movie is the ending of their um their brotherhood right because the lot next time we see him like loki just basically gets killed so this is kind yeah, of the culmination of you know story what's, together. what's really funny too and this is just how movie and movies in time kind of work with us where uh as time passes we kind of just fill in gaps but watching these movies back to back to back it's funny how and i guess we did skip out on avengers but loki's pure evil in avengers like he's right. not redeemable at all right i'm surprised how i feel like loki and thor's relationship is best in this movie and I feel like even then, it's not what I think of it being having seen Loki now, the show, and having seen like even the beginning of Infinity War and stuff. Like, there was a lot of goodwill earned in about a couple hours worth of time between Loki and, and Thor here, where I mean, even at towards we'll get to it later, but like Loki betrays him again in yeah. this movie, you know? And it's <laughs> like Yeah, but but I love that because the growth is Thor knows it. He knows it's gonna happen because he accepts his brother for who he is. And he even says that he's like, Life is about growth, it's about change, but you do but you just want to stay the same. You'll always be the god of mischief, but you could be more. Such and that is a such great a moment. great thing so to say to your brother. But it's not said with with ire, it's said with love. He's just like, I love you. I accept disappointment you. too. I know yeah. what you're gonna do, I know what's gonna happen, I can get the better of you because I'm just you are who you are, and that's that's who you are. Um, they of course get chased to the anus, and Valkyrie fucks a lot of shit up. This is a great scene, and it's, I forget that it's mostly just Valkyrie fucking bouncing between all the planes, just screwing everything up. And Thor's like, I should go help her, right? Yeah, I'll go help her. Um, Th- this scene to me is I, I didn't say in the beginning, it's another one of my lower points of the movie, and I think again, that's a testament to the quality of this movie. Where I think that this is a very fun scene, but with how fun and over the top this entire movie is, this 
jumping from ship to ship and the kind of a ship chase scene kind of just feels more like a means to an end as opposed to like it being like as fucking 10 out of 10 as every other action scene in the movie um and even the jokes like some of them are funny like it's the orgy pleasure ship like i'm definitely laughing but i feel like this is probably the longest section of the movie that i'm not laughing out loud or wowed by something i'm seeing i can um, see that yeah. of course korg and the revolution find loki and ask him if we hey we're gonna possibly jump on this ginormous ship and i love that they use the word ginormous <laughs> because i'm the only other person i know that uses that word uh hella wants scourge to be the exact uh, to execute people until they find the 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 bifrost and then the revengers arrive um asgard thor tells them to split up he'll deal with hella while valkyrie and banner get everyone off safely uh valkyrie suits up uh with a big gun and thor squares off against hella uh Hundal leads all the Asgardians across the Rainbow Bridge, uh, but they run into Fenris, which is a giant wolf on one side, and Hela's army of the dead on the other. And uh, she says, uh, Hela says to him, so simple, even a blind man can see it as she cuts out his eyes as they're fighting. Uh, now you remember, now you remind me of dad, she says. Fenris, of course, won't go yeah, down. Yeah. Uh, so Banner makes a choice, and he jumps out, and he's like, I'm going to turn back into the Hulk, even though I might not uh, be Banner ever again. This is a sacrifice I'm willing to make, and it's very, very heroic, especially since uh, Valkyrie doesn't know he's Hulk, and it's like this big real moment. And then he jumps, so and then he bounces off the goddamn. Doesn't even bounce. Just it's just a thunk. And then and noise, it? and the fucking wolf the stops, and like with his nose. God, it's so good. Um, but of course, as as Fenris as the wolf is about to attack them, he turns and he grabs the tail and he starts whipping it out as the Hulk and kicks ass. Uh, he watches as the people uh, Thor watches the people all get overpowered by the army, uh, and Valkyrie's ship crashes on the other end of the Bifrost. Korg and Meek save Heimdall and get everyone aboard the ginormous ship. Uh, and then she says, uh, and "Then we get the great scene." Uh, Hela goes, "You see, you never stood a chance. I'm not a queen or a monster. I'm the goddess of death. Tell me, brother." What were you the god of again? And it's that like that way she says it in her voice. And we cut over to the plains of Norway. And Thor has the out-of-body experience. And, and his dad tells him, listen, Asgard is not a place. This could be Asgard. Asgard is where our people stand. Those people need your help. And he says, I'm not as strong as you. And he says, no, you're stronger. God, and Anthony Hopkins is just killing it still. Like, crushing it. God, he's so great. good. Uh, and we cut back to it. And we repeat the line. Tell me, brother, what were you the god of again? And his eyes light up and a massive bolt of thunder from the fucking sky comes and blasts her off the tower they're standing on as war drums beat. And it just kicks up. But it cuts and, and you see Loki. Like, I love that it smile. shows Loki's smile. Just smile. It's so. And, and I tell you what, a young Nick Scarpino just has an, a smile with Loki from ear to ear because we get that great, beautiful shot. The same sort of like Italian Renaissance shot of him just profile just dominating these guys in disguise <laughs> everything after that this is my only criticism of it is i'm like this is great but then everything he does after that, i'm like it's pretty cool there's some cool shit here but it can't possibly live up to him just kind of fucking shooting up into the sky and coming down and wrecking these guys I, I love every single piece of choreography on this bridge as long as the camera is tracking with him and we just see him use the lightning in every single yes. way imaginable yeah. him using pikachu's down b yeah him he has that one thing that was <laughs> all like, oh it is i i fucking am just in love with this i love that we get loki flipping his little hat we got freaking valkyrie coming through in her and fireworks in the background fireworks in the background From we the have orgy ship. wrestling freaking fenrir dude oh my lord this yeah they so sick badass. every aspect of this whole sequence they just really kind of sat down for a night and we were like 
what are the possibly coolest ways that we could make every shot of this look amazing? And Absolutely. again, again, I didn't really necessarily think of that this whole time. You think of it because of the Thor stuff, and you think of that awesome wide shot of him sort of floating down. But yeah, Valkyrie walking in slow mo with fireworks behind her. So like, casual. It's all so badass and so well it. done. God, I love that. Yeah, uh, uh, Tamor, Tamor just sent me this. This is a, a print that he bought today. So that's incredible. That's dope as hell. I got a question for you guys before we move on from this section because sure. it is the greatest section of all time. Uh, we're going to see Thor Love and Thunder soon. We have heard Sweet Child of Mine, a couple different versions of it in the trailers, similar to how we heard Immigrant Song in the trailers uh, for Ragnarok. Normally, movies don't use the song from the trailers in the movie. My gut says we're going to hear Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, yeah. This oh, yeah. movie starts but off with Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> my question is, do we get it twice? Yeah. And my second question is, do we get war drums leading into it the second time? Do or do we get some equivalent of like they have that rise? Because I think that's what really makes the second time in this one like that, like insane. I can't believe they're doing this moment. Andy Cortez, I a pizza bet, right? Pizza <gasps> bet. Oh. Um, everybody call your parents. Pizza bet. Um, I do think we are going to get it twice because I think it will. I think playing. Immigrant song twice kind of felt unique and weird and a weird choice, but it's like it's a bold choice and it's Taika, so we accept it. And I think that that's going to be Taika's like um, Pharrell starting every song with four beats. The song starts. That's like Pharrell always does that. I think that's going to be Taika's thing of like we're going to have two songs that we're going to have the same song played twice in various different ways. Um, and I would go ahead and I'll like a square pie guys for those of y'all who disagree with me. Cool. Uh, Greg sent him a square pie guys. Uh, of course we argue. get, we get, the, we get uh, the sort of resolution of this whole story. Thor finally realizes Asgard is not a place to people. This was never about stopping Ragnarok. It was about causing Ragnarok. And I think you want to talk about all the humor of this movie. You want to talk about all the, all the performances. They're all great. They're all 10 out of 10. But I think the reason why this movie works and doesn't feel hollow at the end is because it's a great setup. In order to save his people, he has to destroy their world and cause Ragnarok. It's sure. I think it's so clever and so cool well done concept. and so simple and right in front of you. And of course, he sends Loki off to grab the skull. And sure enough, uh, Surtur is reborn. And she says, whatever game you're playing, you can't defeat me. And he goes, no, but he can. Points to him and Surtur comes up. And he's like, I'm going to kill Dude. everything. <laughs> he starts destroying everything. And then Hela's like, oh, shit, I got to take after him. And he just and he just destroys her. But, but not, like, before, not before Hulk decides to punch him in the face. And he's like, no, Hulk, what are you doing? <laughs> For once in your life, don't smash. And that's another comedic moment where it's, you know, it's two characters talking very seriously about something framed with, the comedic beat of a body going from behind him flying over them. And they realize, oh, fuck, Hulk Don't, is going over there trying to fight. Hulk. Punching him in the horn, kind of. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's very, very well done. But I think my favorite part of all this is Hela lifting out of the waters in that shot. For, again, the sideways yeah. profile shot. Shooting these gigantic fucking daggers. It's so badass looking, man. Uh, she, of course, gets stabbed right through the face as uh, Surtur stabs the entire planet through its heart. 
Uh, everyone's, of course, aboard the giant armor ship, and Quark and Meek and everyone are watching, and Quark says, the damage is not bad. As long as the foundations are strong, we can rebuild this place. It will become a haven for all people and aliens in the universe. <laughs> and then it explodes. It goes, oh, yeah, no, those foundations are gone. Sorry. <laughs> Great beat. Uh, and then Thor, we cut back over, and that's resolution. Thor sports a new eye patch and makes amends with Loki. Uh, later, as the ship travels through space, Thor walks amongst his people and takes a seat on his throne. And then he says, so, where to? And then he goes, hey, Meek, where, where are you from? And then uh, Korg goes, oh, Meek, oh, Meek's dead. I stepped him on the bridge. I just feel so guilty. I've been carrying him around. And then Meek stares and he goes, oh, Meek, you're alive. He's alive, guys. What was your question again, bro? <laughs> and then they go, Earth it is. Boom. That is the end. Uh, we get, of course, the mid-credit scene where, they're, where, where uh, uh, Thor and Loki are talking as Thanos' massive ship arrives, which is where we'll see them next in Infinity War. Uh, and then the end credit sequence, uh, which is... A perfect fucking, like, just icing on the cake. Uh, the Grandmaster comes out of his ship after the revolution and says, I gotta say, I'm proud of you all. This revolution has been a huge success. Yay, us. Come on, pat on the back. Pat on the back. Me too. I had a big part in this. Can't have a revolution without someone to overthrow. So, you're welcome, and it's a tie. Oh, God. And then he goes to Earth to live with the guy. God. It's you're so crazy to, and it's to think tie. about. Like this leading into Infinity War, like and how brutal Infinity War is like five minutes after Asgard explodes, they have to deal with this. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, Andy, hit me with a little thing I like to call haiku and review. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If it's not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Don't run. Haiku in review. Please don't run. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like a whole bunch of you did to write your reviews in haiku form. Let's start with Zade Wilson. Zade, Zade. which is a great Zade. name, says, for Odin, Thor mourns, and through eternal flame, Asgard is reborn. Oh, that's beautiful. That was great. Neo Nugget, another good name. A wig of real hair. Stan Lee made it look damn good. Still wigging out, yo. Damn. Always He's wigging out in heaven. Always be wigging out. Eric Meyer says, this Thor is no bore. Loved Hulk's roar and Asgard lore. Now bring on Thor 4. Wow. Wow. That uh, took the rhyming to the next degree. That's great. Level. Uh, we got two more. Joel's Vornado says, movie is so fun. If Hulk wasn't in trailer, it'd be number one. It's true. What Interesting. a huge surprise. Mr. Hoax 182 says, Korg leads all along. Piss off, ghost. He's freaking gone. Rockman does no wrong. God. Uh, and now let's take a look at the the rankings. Where did where did we put Ragnarok? Where are we sitting with it, Kev? If you could bring those up, that'd be pretty cool. Thank you so much. So yeah, currently number one we have Endgame, two Infinity War, three No Way Home, four Homecoming, five Civil War, and six Ragnarok. Right above Winter Soldier at number seven. I feel pretty damn good about that, y'all. I feel like we're just we're in that tier. Everything we just mentioned, and I'd say even below that a little bit, is like the the true S tier of the MCU. And I think that when we start getting like the high, high, high up there, it's like, yo, there's so much more that goes into them than just, oh, they're a movie. Like they're total events. But I think Ragnarok as a movie has all of the best aspects of one through three, just in different ways. One through three being Endgame, Infinity War, No Way Home, because it has those like hype moments over and over. I would agree. I think it's perfect on the list. I think it's, I, don't, I mean, thankfully we can't change them because we already had the mugs printed. 
but yes, I think it's great. The mugs were very important. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, personally, I would still put it over Homecoming, but again, it's like this top tier is just so so strong. Rivaled only by rivaled only by Jurassic Park uh, franchise, the worldies out there. All the those worldies. worldies. Any final uh, thoughts, Greg Miller? I mean, it just speaks to how strong the MCU is that we love this movie this much, and you're still like, oh god, I'd love it to be in the top five, but the top five is so solid, where it's like, ah, you know, uh, uh, and, and it's a movie that doesn't. Uh, I, I think in a similar way to where Homecoming is ranked for us right now, it's a movie that doesn't need the gigantic team up spectacle in order sure. to be as strong as it is. Mm-hmm. That's a great we kind of get, we get it anyways, right? Like we Yo, get the team up, him and Hulk and Valkyrie and Loki. Like it's great. Oh, oh but I, I mean, the one I, thing I, this movie doesn't I expect have... Loki to be in a Thor movie. I think Valkyrie is like the only addition, but um, I guess like we don't have Captain America and Iron Man showing up to do so, you know, like it, I think it's, so special that it holds up on its own without an Avengers big sort of massive team up moment. Yeah, I think the one thing this this doesn't have it that the other ones ranked above it do have is like the real kind of make you cry emotional type moments. Like I feel like this one has emotional stuff, especially with Odin. But uh, I Odin's where it is, right? That's yeah. where I think the emotional stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, we're really excited. We're going to watch Thor Love and Thunder and we're going to be putting out our ranking next week here on In Review. If we get the opportunity to do a spoiler free screencast, we're going to be doing that as well. If the embargoes and all that stuff line up. Uh, but until next time, I love you all. Have a marvelous, Have a marvelous day. day. Thank Amen. you.